It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. We have covered a lot of ground, no pun intended, on the show today, the day before Easter. Welcome to Green and Growing, eight minutes after the hour. Started off the show with Heath Ward, co-founder of City Chick ATL. What a fun website that is, City Chick ATL, all of your chicken needs if you need a chicken tractor a coop uh food any kind of thing and the reason i have him on and I've, this is the second time i've had him on uh, right around easter because i think ah oh, people are going to give their kids baby chicks for easter but guess what those grow into full-grown chickens so if you're committed to that uh heath's had he had some great tips for backyard chickens and we had a fun conversation, so you'll have to go back on wsbradio.com slash green and growing later this weekend to listen to our number one, my interview with Heath of City Chick ATL, and uh, talk to Norm Mitleider about Japanese maple identification, maybe the different types if you're interested in one of those in your yard. I think almost every yard should have a Japanese maple and some pruning tips as well. And uh, Vidalia Onion um, debut earlier this week. So just fun. Start to be on the lookout for those in the stores. And great questions from all of you as well. So speaking of pruning, we're talking to Norm about pruning. Bob and Alpharetta with a great question about pruning. Hey, Bob, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ashley. Well, I've got, you know, like a lot of people, a very um, mature uh, landscape. And we planted these azaleas that are absolutely spectacular. I call them my master's uh, alarm clock. When they come out, I know it's time to turn on the TV. That's awesome. uh, Yeah, but they've they've really, they've done so well that they're just too big now. I mean, they're in front of the house and uh, they're doing their thing right now and I'm not going to touch them. But as I understand, I I do want to reduce the size and the volume and I'm going to do some aggressive pruning and I'm just wondering timing and what are my chances that these guys are going to survive after I take them down to half their size? So here's two schools of thought. Um, generally, I want everybody to hear me properly. The first piece of advice I give you, Bob, is the rule of thumb, prune after they bloom, right after mm-hmm. they bloom, because it takes them nine months to set buds for the blooms you're seeing mm-hmm. right now. So if you wait till July, August, September, you're going to start cutting off some of the buds and you even see them too. Uh, You'll be cutting them off, which just means less blooms for spring. It's not fatal to the plant by any means. So keeping that in mind, um, pruning right after they bloom, same goes with uh, camellias, rhododendrons, things like that. But in your case, um, I just learned from Rick Smith, the pruning guru, you can do major uh, rejuvenation pruning to azaleas like January, February, and you are going mm. to miss out on an entire year of blooms, but it is okay mm. to do that um, because you know they're going to be, they've already got the energy stored up that they're going to be leafing out and doing all of that and putting on vigorous growth in the spring. So they're not going to look bare for too long. They're going to be fine. If you wait till January, February to cut, they're going to start leafing out, filling out in the spring. You just won't have blooms for that spring or eh, the following spring probably too um, you're going to have fewer but in the long run it's going to be worth it but prune what you can after they bloom now um, and a rule of thumb too is never remove more than one third at a time so when you're thinking about it now only reduce the size back by about a third but yeah if it needs to be a lot more than that then I would put it on the calendar for January or February 
<laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Yeah. And in the meantime, too, go ahead and throw some fertilizer on there for now. That would make them pretty happy. Although it sounds like they're they're happy. They're doing just fine on their own. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're rocking and rolling. Awesome. Thanks for the call, Bob. Great question. Thank you. All right. 404-872-0750. Robin in Jonesboro has a problem that she doesn't want. Hey there, Robin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Ashley? Oh, hi, sir. I'm sorry. I just assumed Robin. But yes, hello, Robin there. How are you doing? That's me. That's me. I'm fine. <laughs> First of all, for Easter dinner, we having lamb chops, smoked turkey, chicken, wow, and, and ribs, collard greens, black-eyed peas, and dressing. Who's making all of that food, Robin? Well, I'm just a laborer. My wife is doing most of the work. <laughs> you just set the table and do the dishes afterwards, and she'll be forever grateful. Exactly. So smoked Matter turkey. Matter of fact, i got to clean the kitchen up this morning. Huh? Yeah, you got to have a lot of room to get all that started. So the smoked turkey, do you have a smoker? Yes, I do. How many hours are you doing that? Um, it's done now. I did it yesterday. Wow. You Ooh, are eight a hours. man yeah. with a plan. I love it. We've got a Traeger, and a, a turkey is not something that I've smoked yet. Yeah, I think I, I need got, to. Yeah, you 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 enjoy it. You'll I totally it. should. And then uh, lamb chops, man, that's good. Do you have the mint jelly or no? No. Yeah, some people love it. Some people don't like it. If if you season them right, I don't think they need it. I've never I've never put no uh, jelly on it. I yeah. just it's, season it and cook it as it is. Well, my wife does. Yeah, well, then you season them right. If they don't need any mint jelly, she's doing something right. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing the menu with me, man. All right, so I'm already going to Josh's house in Athens at 2, so I'll be over to your place at like 5. Sound good? Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the, the question I have about yeah. the fig tree. I have a fig tree in the back, and I've had it for about maybe six, seven years. The first year I put it in there, I saw a little figs on there, and then... And we have a few squirrels in the yard, and uh, I don't know what to do with it. So the squirrels are eating the figs before they ripen? I guess. Okay, That's I'm, the only thing I can see. Oh, I'm not going to tell you to have a BB gun handy. <clears throat> no, we don't. <laughs> um, maybe I did just tell you without telling you. No, seriously, uh, without harming the squirrels, there are a couple of easy things you could do. Um, I think organza is the name of the, the actual particular bag, but an organza bag, or really when you're shopping, just a fruit protection bag. There are mesh bags with a drawstring, and once that fruit starts to come out, you put these silly little bags on each fruit and i know that sounds tedious and time consuming but they won't no chew problem. through that and the mesh allows still for the water and the sunlight and all that to get to the plant so literally doing just you know the select figs that are starting to look good that you want to protect with these fruit protection right. bags or the other is bird netting and i mean that can get kind of cumbersome especially if the figs are larger but that's what a lot of people do successfully and there's a lot of good videos online of how to properly install that bird netting and make sure it's you know tied down and weighted down and all of that but that's okay. not going to hurt the fig at all and then when you're ready you just go at it with big you know shears and cut it off and harvest your harvest your figs so um so far as fertilizing that tree is there any, anything I need to do about that? Uh, fertilize when it's an active growth. So, you know, it wouldn't hurt to do a little bit now or you can wait and make sure you don't do it, you know, too strong. Follow the directions yeah. and maybe even go a little more on the side of a little more diluted. Um, but that's going to be good for you. And there's a fun website, too, for you growing figs. I've got a fig bush, Little Miss Figgy, that I'm really trying to 
to make it come along. <laughs> it's only two years. I know, cute, right? Little Miss Figgy. But um, there's a really fun website, figcommons.com, figcommons with an S.com. And that's really fun for fig growers, um, just kind of care and things to keep up with, especially for someone like me who's new to figs. I have found that to be pretty helpful. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Robin. So good to hear from you. I'll see you about five o'clock tomorrow and give your wife a high five for me, please. <laughs> okay, <I will. laughs> All right. Have a happy Easter. You too. All right. Oh, I love that. Robin's menu is the best I've heard. I don't know if anybody can compete with that, but we'll try. Up next, Jim Collin from Powder Springs out West. Hey there, Jim. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have a flower bed that's kind of overgrown weeds and grass and have some perennials in there. Then I'm going to dig around the ones I want and take out all I don't. But my plan is to spray Roundup around the in the dirt and uh, wait a couple of weeks and then plant new plants. Is that a good plan? Yeah, I, I would wait. Maybe four or five weeks. Let let there be some good rains, you know, that start to dilute it, wash it away a little bit. When you're spraying, be very, very careful that it doesn't carry over into anywhere else, you know. Okay. Not on a windy day. I thank you so much. You saved me a lot of money because I'd have to replant. You know, and also something to think about, too, when you've got everything down to, to the bare ground, you know, and the way you want it, and you've taken out the things that you want, and any perennials now, Jim, it's it's fine to go ahead and move those. Just make sure they stay watered and they're planted at the right depth since a lot of them are leafing out already. But once you're down to the bare ground that you want, um, I would dig around a little bit. Just mess that soil around, disrupt some of the weed seeds that are, you know, starting to think about coming up for the summertime. Dig around and also maybe put some mulch down as well. That may hamper some of the potential weeds more efficiently than Roundup. Now, I know Roundup, you're going to spray on the ones you've already got, but just digging those up and just messing, kind of tilling that bed around too is going to be helpful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Glad you called. Have a good morning. Have a good morning. Happy Easter. You too, Jim. Thank you so much. 404 750 When we come back, Alex and Sandy Springs asking for colorful flowers, but that keep the deer away, that the deer will not be attracted to. So pansies are not on your list, Alex. I'll tell you that right now. That is a colorful flower that they absolutely love. So let's stay away from that. I'll come up with some other suggestions for you. And at the bottom of the hour, Pike Nursery Solutions for Shade. So some great plants for the shade, be it perennials or anything else, ground covers, and Easter plants that you'll want to pay attention to when we come back. 404-872-0750. It's green and growing on 95.5 WSB. Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Great calls coming up in just a minute, but first your weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Partly to mostly cloudy today, on and off rain showers through the morning. I think they may be pushing through, though, dry in the afternoon, a high in the mid-70s. And then tomorrow, uh, scattered rain showers and storms later in the day, highs in the low 30s. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. 
Number one, keep those Easter lilies that you received this weekend, and you can plant them outside once you've removed the faded blooms. Also, bring the amaryllis outside that you had from Christmas time. Leave all the greenery on there. Leave all the foliage on there. Stake them up if necessary. And a good reminder from Sarah that uh, the lilies and the amaryllis are extremely toxic to our furry friends, so keep that in mind. I did just do a post on Facebook uh, when you search green and growing WSB, a post in the last couple of days from the ASPCA about a list of plants that are harmful to our animals, uh, just so you know. So thank you for the reminder, Sarah. Number two, it's a great time to mulch, not only to spruce up the garden beds, to prevent weeds as well. And if you're doing any kind of digging, like we were just talking to another caller about um, if you're doing any kind of digging or removing anything from beds, mulch, immediately put down some mulch and that's going to be good for weed suppression because once you start digging around, you're going to, you know, upend some of the seeds that are going to start becoming weeds in the summertime. So just mulch is going to be great for that. And number three, we may be safely out of the woods now for any more frost. I would say it's good to plant dahlias now. You can wait until May. Elephant ears, caladiums, and even your garden beds, your vegetable garden beds. So that's good news. All right. Up next, Alex and Sandy Springs with a great question. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. For, I love your show. I can Thanks. never, I can never make it sometimes. Hey, you made it. <laughs> uh, I set my alarm to be funny. Oh, <laughs> cool. Thanks. I do too, but I'm here a lot earlier than you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I still here at Sandy Springs. You know, we have deer fest over here yep. every, every day and, um, but I want to start, I want to actually do my landscaping, but you know, everybody's like, whatever you plant, they're going to eat. So I'm trying to see, is there anything colorful that I can plant? Because I'm, I'm not really into the whole garden, so I'm like, whatever is colorful looks good to me. Yeah. Um, that I can eat that they wouldn't eat or that's deer resistant. And so, then my other question, if you have a sure. quick minute, is when it comes to shrubs and bushes, um, is it easier just to seed or can I go find some? And is it better just to go find some and, and transport them and doing myself because I've seen some on Facebook that people are saying you can come get out of my yard and all that stuff. Yeah, I would, number one, I would buy the shrub as a plant. Um, Number two, if you can't do that, propagating from an existing shrub, like, you know, grandmother's favorite rose bush, you take a couple of good cuttings from that. And number three, the most difficult would be starting one from seed. So unless you have a lot of patience and time in a greenhouse, I wouldn't go that route. That could take up to two or three years. Awesome. Um, That's my question. So yeah, propagation's good. Take a viable, good cutting from a nice plant that you want. And there's a whole okay. process you can look online about, you know, putting it in soil and all that. But so um, the flowers that uh, deers will rarely eat, you got to keep in mind, they don't like anything textured. So anything that has a kind of furry texture or a leafy blah, blah, texture is not going to taste good to them. So Dusty Miller is fun in the garden. Um, There's also really common marigolds. Everyone knows marigolds. You plant near a vegetable garden. Um, There's also, gosh, let's see, verbena and petunia. Petunia is going to start leafing out or flowering out anytime soon. Uh, Geraniums as well. That's coming up as a good summer annual. I'm going to post the list on my Facebook page, Alex, because it's extensive. I've got some great colorful ones aside from those. I know you can't write them all down. Salvia is another one. Uh, So search later on today on Facebook, Green and Growing WSB, like or follow the page. And just for you, Alex, I'm going to post some colorful annuals and even perennials that the deer won't touch, I promise. Thanks for the call. We'll be right back to WSB. It's green and green. 
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. The entire show brought to you by Pike Nursery and even the first hour of Dave Baker's Home Fix-It show. Yeah, but they get a special segment every weekend uh, at 8.30 at this very time, right at the end of the show, to talk about what you can find in the nursery. Uh, Good on timing, what to be doing when, giving you some great advice. We're going to be talking about tomatoes toward the end of the month, hydrangeas as well, so always something very timely. Um, I've been teasing ahead to, yeah, we're going to be talking about Easter plants, of course, and all Pike Nursery locations are open tomorrow from 10 to 5, so a little bit of adjusted hours for the Easter Sunday, but they will be open tomorrow on Easter. So we'll be talking about Easter plants in just a minute, but also um, solutions for shade. I loved this, and they've got a wonderful spot on their website, pikenursery.com, that recommends spring and summer plants for shade. So when you're in the nursery, they are labeled. It's very obvious as to what goes where, but start thinking about all of that color, uh, colorful flowers, begonias and impatience. Um, impatience are more shade tolerant than sun patients, right? They're from the same family, but sun patients can tolerate a little more sun. So you want to look for impatience if you're looking for shade. A stilby is a perennial, and those are great, really lacy-looking flowers that are perennial, come back every year. They grow very well in shade. Um, What about fuchsia as well? Fuchsia is, as the name says, this bright hot pink with some purple in it. And caladiums. Caladiums are annuals, so you plant them kind of from like a bulb or a tuber type deal. Um, I dig mine up at the end of every year and overwinter them in a brown paper bag, but they're just easy to buy every year. Caladiums are just going to keep those big, almost elephant ear-like leaves on them, but they're in so many different colors with pink veins, with green, with white, variegated. So caladiums are going to be great. And hostas as well. You see a lot of your hostas. Those are perennials starting to poke out now. Deer like them, though. Deer like to eat hostas, but they come in all different colors and variegations and things, too. And coleus. Coleus is a fun one. The leaves are smaller on coleus than they would be on hostas and caladiums. But coleus is in all different colors, and they're wild-looking, and they can be bright. And they are just so fun, and you just kind of keep them pinched back to maintain a lower height if you want them that way. Um, Some shade-loving shrubs. Think about rhododendrons, which are getting ready to bloom now. There are a lot of azaleas that definitely do well in the shade. And, of course, hydrangeas, which we will be talking to Pike Nursery about, I think, next weekend as well. Um, And someone called earlier about a juga, a ground cover in his centipede. If you just want a juga as a ground cover, bugleweed, that is great for shade as well. But it spreads by runners, so you need a lot of room. But if you have just a huge area that you need a ground cover, a juga is just a really um, almost like lettuce-looking leafy plant because the leaves are so thick. But they're a deep, deep purple and green And different times of year, they'll have the purple upright flowers on them. Bees love them. Um, But a juga is a great ground cover that is tolerant for shade as well. Um, I may share that from pikenursery.com slash shade gardening with a a really good list of things you can find in the nursery right now for shade gardening. All right, so Easter plants. Tomorrow is Easter. A great time to decorate with flowering plants in your home. And maybe grab quick-to-go container gardens to dress up the front walkway or the porch if you're having guests over. And if you are headed to a gathering, 
these plants that I'm getting ready to tell you about are also fantastic hostess gifts as well. So you've got indoor floral quality blooming plants. So Easter lilies, and as I said, you can plant those outside. Uh, Florist hydrangeas. Hydrangeas are the shrubs that you love with the huge globes of blooms in pink or blue or white. The florist hydrangea is a miniature version, which is perfect for baskets or as a gift. It's a lot more dainty and delicate than the big shrub that you put out in the yard. Uh, Florist calla lilies. Calla lilies look fantastic right now. That white tubular flower with really pretty green spotted leaves. Um, A lot of gentlemen use those as boutonnieres for weddings or prom or whatever. A A calla lily is a great, great upright trumpeted kind of flower also comes in different colors pink and purple and kalanchoe kalanchoe is a fun blooming succulent with a lot of tiny star-shaped flowers you see that in the front of nurseries this time of year almost a given vivid hues like red and magenta yellow and orange uh kalanchoe is going to be a fun little succulent as well so if you're not good at you know you say you don't have a green thumb you have a brown thumb that's a succulent so it's going to be colorful it's going to be fun and again dainty good for containers in the house and since it's a succulent you don't have to remember to water it as often so what about some quick outdoor container plants you want to think about like blooming hanging baskets that's just a quick way to add colorful flowers on the porches um hanging baskets they're put together for sun or for shade. So it just depends. You know, if your house faces east, you're probably going to want something that's a little more um, prone for sun loving, you know. So think about which way your your house faces and where you're going to put those on the porch. We had a call about Boston ferns, a great southern staple for porches. They just stay lush and green and last through the first frost. And if you're going to put them in the ground, they need partial shade. Um, so keep that in mind for Boston ferns, which are huge Um, How about a geranium garden? If you have a ton of sun, geraniums are a good option. They thrive in heat, and they produce endless blooms in red and pink and white. You always want to go to the base of the stem and cut off the ones that have expired, but they'll keep producing blooms, no doubt, throughout the summer. And pre-made gardens to go. Love the Pike Nursery has these, a great selection of pre-made container gardens that are designed and planted by the growing team of the Pike Farm. And I went up to Ringgold, Georgia, and visited the farm there. And there's also one on Roswell Road in Marietta where they put all of those together. So stop by your local Pike Nursery this weekend to get ready for your Easter celebration. And to get ready for spring, the associates in the store can answer all of your garden questions. They love helping you with projects, ideas that you've got, also identifying maybe a cutting from a plant you have that you don't know what it is, or maybe something's wrong with the leaves. They can also help you with that. Find your closest Pike Nursery on the website, pikenursery.com. 404-872-0750. Time for calls. Go up to Doraville and say good morning to Ken. Hey, welcome to Green and Growing. Wow, this is great. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm so glad. What inspired you to call today, Ken? <laughs> well, I I have two quick quest problems. And the reason why I'm calling because I've never been able to get my questions answered. Okay. But I got five great myrtles, and I have one that for the last four years will, will, will not flower. Oh, no. I can't figure out what's going It's healthy. I cut them back every year, but it just won't flower. Hmm. And uh, I don't know what's going on with it. 
Okay, now what I would do is just the opposite then. I would stop pruning it. Um, I know a lot of people prune crepe myrtles, and we see that this time of year, and they don't. They just don't have to be. They really don't have to be. That's not one of those plants. You know, there are certain plants that you want to prune to induce growth, but in the case of a crepe myrtle, it's going to do what it does. So stop pruning it. Just leave it. If you need to prune it going forward for whatever reason, size reduction, or if it's close to the house, only prune the stuff that's about as big around as your pinky. Cut that stuff out, but the bigger stuff, leave it and I bet you'll get some blooms next year. And, you know, for anybody listening, they haven't bloomed yet. So don't worry if you don't have blooms on your crepe myrtle. Like, hold on, hold on. That's more of a summer blooming thing. But most right. of them have started leafing out at least. Um, so do that. And a little bit of 10-10-10 fertilizer at the base, can certainly wouldn't okay. hurt either. Um, but, yeah, maybe let me know next year if you don't do any pruning and you get some flowers. And there are some years, too. I mean, I was with Walter Reeves for eight years, you know, answering phones yes. for this show. So I kind of remember things kind of being cyclical. And there were cycles and years, summers, when people would call. And that was just kind of a trend. You know, there were summers when pe- nobody was getting blooms. So environmental mm. conditions can contribute to it, too. Um, but you're not doing anything wrong. A little bit of fertilizer okay. could help and just leave them alone. Well, I, I I can't believe I can't remember that because I've been listening to you guys for like 10 years, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, like, I just remember the trends, you know, certain years that something's a little more common or just a bigger problem for folks. And, you know, it's still so early with the crepe myrtles. But um, fertilizer is the only thing that I could think, you know, in anticipation of wanting some blooms next year. It couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. Uh, the base of my crepe myrtles. I used to have a diameter around the base and it was cleared away for pine straw. But this lately I've been just let, I've had new sod put down Mm -hmm. and I asked them just to butt it up to the base. Should I cut that grass back? I think so. I I think that grass never really needs to go up to the base of anything and mulch too. Same thing. Keep that pulled back at least four or five inches from the base of any tree because with grass or mulch up against it, it's going to keep it wet and, you know, the base of anything staying wet is going to lead to rot, so we don't want that. And besides, crepe myrtles, once they do start to leaf out and get the flowers, the, the flower clusters, you know, that produces a lot of shade. So oftentimes, grass under any tree won't really last. It'll last until it really starts to get a big leaf canopy, and then it'll die off. So I just would right. never waste the time or the money to put grass up underneath any tree. But, yeah, keep everything pulled back from the base at least four or five inches, if not more. Okay, great. I appreciate the help. Yeah, I'm so glad you called, and you are welcome to call back anytime. <laughs> I, I will. I got, a, I got a lot of questions for you. Well, and I'll admit if I don't know the answer, but I will find someone who does. So you, you're welcome back, Ken. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. 404-872-0750. I want to take Kevin, and Kevin, I think I have to pay some bills first and go to commercials, but uh, no pressure. You're going to end the show. Kevin in Lawrenceville is going to be the very last caller. Is it a good idea to plant tea olives, um, autumnalis, in front of a window a few feet from the house? I've got a great answer for you because I have personal experience with that, Kevin. So please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. And some final thoughts, wrapping up some uh, ideas from the show and where to direct you if you missed any part of the show beginning at 6 a.m. this morning. I got you covered. Stay tuned. It's Ashley Frasca. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. It's got slate. Did you know you can visit the green and
growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker. And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB. And we're on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. All right, got to get a couple things straight. First, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. The complete forecast from meteorologist Christina Edwards comes up in less than 10 minutes. But just to look at the weekend, most of the rain, I'm looking over my shoulder out the window. Yeah, at least here in Midtown Atlanta, it looks like most of the rain has moved off. So it is going to dry out this afternoon. It's going to be cloudy, though, high in the mid-70s, low tonight around the mid-50s. And morning clouds tomorrow, but then scattered rain showers and storms in the afternoon. So you're good for those Easter sunrise services, at least that may stay dry. High only around 73. I say only. It's it's really warming up. We're, we're getting into spring now, but not going to be as warm tomorrow as it is today. High or low around 56, and the rain stays with us through Monday. 404 So in previewing Kevin's call here, calling from Lawrenceville, I just said he was calling about a tea olive, and then I said um, Autumn Alice, which was totally wrong. The other name is Sweet Osmanthus, as many of you may know, tea olive. But, yeah, great question about a great plant. Hey, welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to take out a couple of my holly trees. I think that's what it's called, like that people plant in front of their houses. Yeah, and they've got like the prickly the leaves, right? The pointed pointed leaves. Yeah, no, it's actually a very small round leaf. Oh, okay. Maybe boxwoods. Yeah, maybe it's a boxwood. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And I want to dig them out and plant the tea olives in mm-hmm. front of it because... Might as well use a space for something that smells good. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Or, like, I was thinking about either planting tea olive or gondanias. And um, it is roughly where I wanted to plant. It's about, I would say, two to three feet away from the building of the house, like away from the window. So I could at least just put it in front of the house. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, is it a good idea? Because some people was telling me that, it does have a um, the root does actually expand very wide, and it might damage my foundation like a tree or something like yeah. that. So, so you curious. you're surrounded by some good gardeners because they are right. Um, sweet osmanthus or tea olive can get big. It needs full sun. And it reaches maybe 10 feet tall, 8 to 10 feet tall. So in front of the window, it's not going to be ideal. But I will tell you, that's exactly where I planted mine. I had Laura Pedlum, like Chinese fringe, those purple kind of wild looking hedges all along the front of my house. And the shorter part of the house with just two windows off a bedroom, I took them out and put tea olive. And the reason why sweet osmanthus is good, it's fragrant, right? So people are going to smell it as they walk up. It's got little white flowers. I still like the idea of it, Kevin, for sure. But then it just becomes on you to keep it pruned and keep the height reduced. Just, you know, every few months, every three, four, five months, cut it back just a little bit right after it flowers. Cut it back. Just keep making it short. So that is a lot of work, though. People may not want to stay on top of that to keep that a little more hedge-like rather than tree-like being 10 feet tall. Um, But full sun is going to be good for that. And also, I remember one Walter Reeves talked about for years, uh, Daphne Odora or Winter Daphne. That is an evergreen shrub grown for very fragrant, fleshy, pale pink flowers. So that may be a little bit better since it's more of an evergreen shrub 
Daphne Odora is going to do well in the same conditions. So consider those. And all kinds of hollies are fun as well. Um, you know, they're going to have some berries and things on them for interest as well. But yeah, when you're talking about fragrance, hits people right at the front door. I love the idea of Daphne Odora or um, Sweet Osmanthus Tea Olive. So thank you for the call. Really, really great question. Thank you to all of you. You have had some tremendous questions. We covered the gambit of everything today. Really had a good time with all of you, and I'm meeting some of you for Easter dinner. I loved hearing what your meals are going to include tomorrow. So have a very blessed, safe, and happy Easter weekend. You'll hear me Monday morning with triple team traffic during Atlanta's morning news. Have a great day. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save